0: Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome back to Verified Thoughts. I'm your host, Dylan. I hope y'all are doing well and staying safe during these tough times. Today we have a special episode with a special guest. Some of you may know him from Kevin Hart's Heart of the City, Jackson, Mississippi episode on Comedy Central. Some of you may have seen him making his rounds at the comedy clubs throughout the South and Southeast regions. Today's special guest is my good friend, fellow combat veteran, the 2006 Time Magazine Person of the Year, none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Ben Compton glad we were finally able to uh you know get this thing kicked off i appreciate you carving out some time uh, yeah man podcast
1: you know there wasn't that there wasn't a shadow of a doubt in your mind i was gonna carve out some time man
0: come on now <laughs> right right, right. <laughs> so um man just, how's everything going for you you know you and the family how y'all doing over there
1: so everything's been good man you know obviously uh everybody is uh ducking and dodging every sneeze and cough and sniffle, you know but uh it's been good man it's kind of a weird you know everything's like a weird mix right now when just when you walk out the house that's like, such a weird vibe right. uh, the kids are homeschooling, which means they're getting lots of melatonin you know' uh, well, every- I, I, I-,
0: I-, I know it's not you that's doing the homeschooling.
1: Man, you best believe it's
0: not. <laughs> Let me tell you, right, uh, they they would definitely be re, uh, repeating the same grade next year.
1: So my my form of homeschooling is just finding uh, a blank high school diploma and typing their name into it and then printing it out and then saying dun 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 dun. dun. That was, that's not that's not high school, nope. is it?
0: all you have to do, no, just find uh, Sergeant Parham. He'll he'll get it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey man, look, oh P Ham, man, that's my guy, bro. P Ham ain't talked to me since we came home, man. He like disappeared.
0: Well, I was friends with him on Facebook for a while, uh, but I don't know what happened after that.
1: Yeah, I was, too. And then all of a sudden, one day, like, after I started doing comedy, he, like, hit me up and was like, when you ready to come to Memphis, let me know. And then I, I sent him a message, and he left me on uh, unread, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> that was all That was all she wrote. I just never tried to reach out again. And I think now, I don't think he has a Facebook or anything. Yeah, so I don't know, man. People are um, the ones that went with us that, like, we just never heard from again.
0: Right, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, well, I know, because there was a few guys from, I guess, that unit, and I don't know if they were in North Mississippi or in Memphis, that, uh, you know, they just deployed with us, and uh, yeah, I don't know what happened to them.
1: Yeah, because they were trash.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Parham, he was such a good guy, but, like, he was so scared of Jackson, and, you know, he was my squad leader, but...
1: So I got a funny I got a funny Parham story for you. You ready for it? If you ever ask, if you ask uh, Kelly about this... Um, it, he'll tell you that I was in the complete wrong and I was just being a jackass, but I promise you I wasn't. So we were at 5 Joyce and uh, Parham. It was it was just Parham was the highest ranking with us. He's a high ranking NCO, and there was a uh, there was a local national, like an Afghan, that the base had let have a hut there, right there. And it was like just a little small b hut, wasn't anything big. Well, we we're supposed to tear it down and start uh, sectioning it off to give over to the A and A, right? Well. Uh, I think it was like Demaran maybe or something like that, like kicked the door in because it was locked, you know? And so I kicked the door in and the, nobody was in there, but it was a bunch of magazines and like the, the, like the Afghan had like sports illustrated magazines, like hump on the wall and stuff. He had his prayer rug out all kind of stuff. So where I was like going through, we didn't know anybody stayed there. You know, we thought it was just something that was like left behind, you know? And Dude, he came back, and he was pretty pissed, and so Parham wanted to know, like, who went in there, and I kept saying, I kept saying, like, something like, uh, maybe I did, or maybe I didn't, or maybe I know, or maybe I don't know, and dude, Parham lost it, like, he was, like, he, like, wiped his hands off him, he, like, dropped me in country, he made me get down to do up. And then Kelly was like, stop being a jackass. Just tell us. I really don't know. At this point, if I knew, I promised I would tell him. But I don't know. Right. <laughs> and it, it went on for probably about a good two weeks. He wouldn't hardly speak to me at all. And then he told Mike that he would chop him up in little pieces
0: and send him home in a body bag. And I was on the other side of the good at that point. <laughs> hey, I tell I tell you what, man. Uh Parham had one of the best FUPAs I've ever seen.
1: Man, that thing was legendary. It, it probably got <laughs> issued. That was like an army issued Fupa, man. <laughs> that thing that thing came from Sylph, I promise you.
0: Boy, he must well, uh he must have smuggled some stuff home in that thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Broken down AKs and bur- uh bootleg DVDs. Right. <laughs> 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 Copies of a uh Silver Lining playbook.
0: Yeah. No, that's where all the all of his uh, terabytes of porn was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> man, I forgot about that. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, had like,
0: man. I had like 10 terabytes of porn. <laughs> yeah, man. Dude, that was, he was like, there's going to be currency over there.
1: It wasn't. Let me tell you. Uh, everybody had the same thing. If, if it was currency, we were a socialist nation over there, let me tell you, because everybody had
0: everything. I think I still got them. <laughs>
1: dude, I, dude I, haven't, I, I haven't seen my hard drive in probably... Man, a good five years. <laughs> Have no idea where it's at. Probably got through all the moving and stuff. Probably got lost. But
0: well, I never, I never got my tough box.
1: You never went back, and got it?
0: Never went back. And Man. then what's funny is when I when I went on that second deployment, um, I never got that one back either.
1: Really? So you just got a bunch of stuff just out there somewhere. Yeah, uh, somebody's got it by now. I promise.
0: you. Oh, for sure. Well, yeah. The only thing I, the only thing I wanted, uh, was my baseball glove. Oh, it was in the, it was in there with you. Uh-huh. Yeah, I went on the second one.
1: I still have, uh, I still have my. I, in fact, I, you know, we played in that softball league a couple of years ago, and I broke out the old high school mitt. And uh, yeah, yeah, uh, there wasn't any. Uh, there was a lot of rust on there. It Wasn't any skill. I promise you. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there
1: wasn't the no glory days nowhere. But yeah, man. But we've been we've been good out here, dude. Like it's it's been a uh, like I said, it's been weird. So Megan Megan got laid off, you know, and so mm-hmm. that's been kind of a weird thing because for the longest time, man, Megan was a stay at home mom. Like for the first probably hell, I don't know through our deployment. So I, it's probably our first five years together, like Megan didn't work. She was in school, you know, but like she didn't have like a full time job and right. And ever since I we got home from overseas, that's been what 2013. Uh, so ever since then, so you're looking at six years straight. She's had multiple jobs in that time, you know, a right. time. And so for her to be home, it's 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 weird, but it's it's a cool thing. She's able to be home with the kids and then help them get their work situated. Which I'm glad Megan is the one teaching and not me, because like I said, right? They'd be in remedial classes. Uh yeah. that, <laughs> If I was teaching, they
0: got to learn remedial. So. Well, I, I know we kind of talked about this a couple of weeks ago, um, but like for me, obviously I'm not working right now. And, you know, it, I'm definitely stressed about the situation. I don't know what's going to happen right. in the future, but like I'm stressed and it's just me, you know, I'm the only person I have to worry about Right, right. and you have to worry about, you know. Five people, five
1: other people. Oh, don't think I'm not just worried about me. Got your damn mind. I promise you. Right, <laughs> <laughs> you know, women first around here. It's old, Benny boy. Let me tell you. Right, <laughs> um, it is. It's a weird. It's a weird. Uh, it. You know, it's kind of a. There's a lot of overreaction and then a lot of underreaction with this situation. So there's times where like I found myself really stressed and thinking, God, what are we gonna do? And there's other times where I think, like, oh, there's nothing going on. I walked outside and there was birds chirping and everything. Who would have known the apocalypse was going to be 77 and sunny? You know, like it's right. just, you know, I think we have conditioned in our head what chaos looks like. And ultimately, man, sometimes chaos is just normal. And and right. and and we just kind of fall in with it. And so I think that's kind of where we are with the situation. So it's it's definitely, it's weird, man. Cause it, it, it's it's dude, you think? I'm sure you remember going like, through Katrina and stuff like that, you know. And so right. that was such a short amount of time. That was, you know, that was what, three, four months before school finally got back up and running right, you know, to the fullest extent. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something that and that was just one region. You're talking about an entire
0: nation at this point. You right? Know? Hell, the, the entire world, you
1: know. Yeah, the world. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But we don't give a damn about those comments. We only worry about us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> USA, USA. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, it's just crazy times, dude. Um, but i tell you one thing, uh, and again, we talked about this, you know, how important it is for, for us to realize we need to save money. Yeah. But one, another thing I've realized is I, this has made me realize that I don't have to spend money, you know, like, cause I, I just spend money on, on crazy stuff all the time, buying a lot of impulse things. Right. And this has made me realize I don't need to do that. Um, because I mean, I just, I mean, you know, right now we need all the money that we can get. So, we well,
1: you know it's so all like what? Like, like two weeks makes it a habit or something like that. Like 14 days straight, 21 days straight makes it a habit. So, I mean, if we get to that point and all of America is just not spending extra money, I don't, I don't see us getting back to that point quickly, you know, because I'm I, the same way. To, like, I might have
0: to, I might have to ball out though. When When I, when I go back to work and I get my first check. I'm going to the casino, 100.
1: percent Are you? Well, uh, let's say, let's let's do it like this. Why don't you just uh, make a make a roulette wheel with all the different bills that you have to pay, and then whichever one the ball lands in, you just pay the full amount of that, and the rest you pay partials on. There we go. See what I'm saying? That's <laughs> a so win-win. You get to gamble and you pay your bill at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mean So I think that you know, obviously, there's going to be a lot of people that go back to normal life, but I'm telling you, man, I think this is going to affect. All of us, cause we do. We're, we're that family. We don't we don't have you know. Look, man, everybody thinks because I do comedy or, or whatever that I'm just you know I've got money coming every which way. But you know, there's times where we we struggle. I still have a you know just a regular job. It's not just uh, comedy for me all the time, and and which I'm thankful for. Now, I can't tell you how many nights I've literally laid in in bed and prayed to be a full time comic. And if I was one now, I got a, I've got a lot of friends that are full time comics that have no money coming in. You know, and right. so I told him I would be a lot more stressed, uh, in this situation if that was the case,
0: you know. And so, I, I hope your boy Joe doesn't have any money coming in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe and them are actually shut down, but I think they're shut down with pay. So, yeah, <laughs> hey man, well, the thing is that you say that, but he didn't knock your uh, your clubs off the uh, the golf cart, so yeah, well, you. <laughs> Cause then uh then he would have still been owing you money on them on them twelve thousand golf clubs you got
0: yeah that wouldn't have been a good day for him. because <laughs> uh, not o- not only would he be paying me for my golf clubs uh he would also be paying hospital bills
1: so i told him I told him when he did it I was like I've never got a chance to see uh Dylan knock anybody out in person but i would have loved to then this-, this been the first time <laughs>
0: Dude, uh, I'm, I'm not i'm not gonna lie to you i, I would have hit him yeah, yeah i know you would have I, like I, w- I was pissed that he did it to Kelly yeah but at least Kelly's clubs are very old. Right, 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 He's right, right. Not, not worth
1: much. So when he did it, we, so here's the thing. When he did it, he started, you know, got in the car so he was like, he was like laughing. He's like, like, what are you laughing at? And he was like, uh, he was, he was like, I undid his golf clubs. And the, the second I said, what? So I undid his, I undid his strap. And as I went to go holler, I saw them start to fall. And, and I was like, "What? Why would you do? That? Y'all don't do that." I said, "Why the fuck would anybody do that? Why would you? why would you go tearing up somebody's stuff, man?" He said, "I thought everybody did that." That's how you know Joe <laughs> Joe grew up with money. <laughs> if you just right. out here randomly tearing up stuff, <laughs> you know.
0: Oh, we can just we can just go buy
1: new ones. Yeah, we're just gonna buy new clubs. Yeah, no, these clubs <laughs> these clubs are gonna last me until my grandkids are alive. When I'm on Social Security, is exactly. when I buy some new clubs. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, man, that was that's a crazy day, but. Yeah, man. I definitely, I, but I definitely would, and and you know, I, I would be very stressed right now if I didn't have any income coming in, you know. And so, For sure, it's uh, yeah, man. Yeah, it's a blessing. I'm,
0: I'm like, I said, luckily, I have have some savings, but uh, you know, I'm after these next month's bills are paid, I'm gonna be holding on by a shoestring.
1: Yeah, so we we've kind of been doing the whole back and forth of like, what do we pay? What do we not pay? What do we hold out on? Things like that, you know. And so, uh. I think we're, I mean, I think we're good. We, we, we've got some savings put back and, and, and we're okay for a little while. So I, I'm hoping we can ride the storm out and then maybe whatever we had to put out in savings, maybe
0: the the whole stimulus check puts it back for right. us,
1: you know? Well,
0: another and one thing that my, so I bank with a credit union. Okay. Uh, Keys federal yeah, here. Yeah. One, one thing that they did that was really cool was if you have a credit card with them, they actually upped your limit. Oh, okay. Um, now obviously, you know, just because you have an up limit that doesn't mean you need to be spending all that right money. right right but it definitely helps and then they said like hey you don't have to make like your first month or first two months of payment you know so
1: no that's dope yeah, that's I, dope
0: I, I, i'm not i'm not swiping that card um cuz i don't need it just yet but I mean it's just cool that they did that you
1: know? no yeah that's really cool man that's I it's, it is kind of dope to see some of these companies and some of these businesses that have kind of gone above and beyond to understand because obviously they have they're going through it too you know and mm-hmm. uh yeah man it's it, it, that is that is a cool thing for them to do that because a lot of a lot of companies right now are just looking for their bills you know looking for everything to get paid well, up so
0: well, I just I just got an email yesterday from geico because I have my car insurance bill they're giving all of their members a credit um I think for three months. Oh wow, wow, okay. Uh, they're not, they're not, they're not paying the whole thing, but I think it's like, uh, I think it's like fifteen or twenty percent, something like that. Oh,
1: that's still a good little. I mean, if you, if, yeah, I mean, if you just have one car on there. I mean, that's that's not that's that's right. a good little girl.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think it was uh like I think two point five billion dollars or something like that. Oh of, wow. You know, giving back to the members, so it's it's cool, man, and every little bit helps. So that's
1: dope, man. That's dope. I dope. I like it. I like
0: it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, we've been friends for a long time now. Yeah, but there's still there's still kind of a lot that I don't know about you. Okay. Um, you're so we're gonna rewind a little bit. Uh, just kind of start from the beginning. Um, so you're from Texas, right? So I so I tell people, man, I'm from Mississippi originally. I have been a journey. I have been a
1: journeyman all my life. I have. Uh, okay. So I was I was born in Meridian, Mississippi. And I went okay. back. I was a product of Meridian and Picune by way of divorced parents. So I grew up between Meridian and Picune uh, for the first 12 years of my life and okay. then moved to Dallas, Texas with well, actually to Irving with my mom yeah. uh, when I was 12 years old. Well, you, you, you can consider
0: that Dallas. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, it's Metro. Okay. Yeah everything within you know that 30 45 minutes i was just saying like, even now where you live now you live in atlanta
1: you know? right right yeah yeah yeah. if you don't if you don't live like if you're not there all the time or you haven't lived there then to you it's just yeah it's dallas or it's atlanta you know and then you get to right. know the little areas that are inside of it i think people people yeah. get that confused on big cities is that like yeah it is one big city but the, it's such different cultures and, and and vibes in each area you know right uh but yeah, and then I was in I was in Dallas for uh I was in Texas because I, I spent a little bit of time in Kona Texas as well. And then came back to Pickune, man, spent spent the rest of my time in Piccune, rest of my high school in Picune and uh I got there my junior year, I think. Yeah, my junior year. And uh graduated old maroon tide, you know, roll tide roll, you know.
0: If if you if you told somebody that you lived in, in Texas, there's a hundred percent chance that they know that you lived in Houston. Because uh, you could have been Paul Wall's cousin. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe you lived in Dallas. I think you lived in Houston.
1: <laughs> hey, hey, man, land of the swingers. I promise you, man, we there. Right. <laughs> I, I'm the new people's champ. I see Paul Wall trying to get, let's see, here's the thing. Paul Wall's trying to get like me now. See, Paul Wall saw Ben Compton had right. a beard, so now Paul Wall's like, let me go get a beard. But Paul Wall's beard is never going to be as good as Ben Compton's beard. I promise you.
0: Right. right, I tell you what, man, and you—a lot of people don't know that he's educated. Yeah, he's a—he's a smart dude. He's a businessman. He's like—he's
1: like—he's like got a got a dental degree, right? Doesn't he have like some kind of degree yeah. in in dentistry?
0: Wait, well, I believe so. I know he went to University of Houston.
1: Yeah, right, right.
0: Um, I don't know exactly what degree he has, but yeah, I mean, even just his his grills. You know? Well,
1: that was the big thing when he started making grills. It was something, maybe I'm wrong about that. Don't quote me on that. But it was something about like he had a degree and whatever his degree was, was in dentistry. And that's how he got into making grills or something like that. Or maybe he started in dentistry and then was like – could you imagine the people's – can you imagine Paul Wall being a goddamn dentist walking in and being like, yo, that yeah. Paul Wall got <laughs> a dentist? Like going yeah, – <laughs> sitting sideways. Yeah, is he sitting sideways and putting my feeling in? What is going on right now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I, Paul Wall is a – you know, a lot – so here's the thing about Texas that people don't know, man. I I love Texas rap. So like Paul Wall, Community, Mike Jones, Slim Thug, DJ Screw. Then you get into Dallas, you get into like Big Tuck, Tum Tum, uh like the old DSR group. Uh then you get like to uh, LB uh layback players, LBP and them, you know, and those mm-hmm. like those mixtapes were just fire back in the day. And then now there's kind of like a new movement, obviously, where you have guys out that are rapping like Yellow Beezy and and stuff like that, that are getting some national recognition. we're like man these guys that put the footwork in out there in texas before them uh man it just like dude i I could listen to texas rap literally from the time i get up to the time i go to sleep man
0: it just (laughs) so you know i'm i'm originally from biloxi and but like our big thing man we like three six mafia you know coming out of memphis but like when when all those Houston guys came out, you know, Mike Jones, Paul Wall, Chameleonaire, all that, like, dude, that's all I listen
1: to. Dude, and then you get then you go back to like the like the real like, like to the like UGK, you get Bun B and Pimp C right. and I'm like, oh my God, man. And then 36 Mafia, man, really, you know, I, I'll never forget the first time I heard sipping on some scissor, man. Sipping on some scissors. <laughs> sip, sip, sip. Man, that's just like right. bro, takes I remember the 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 Nextel phone. With the ringtones, yeah. man, and that was it. That was that was it, you know. Yeah, man. What a what, we what a time to, to, to be
0: alive that
1: we should been, dude. I, I, so, I <laughs> so I so I, I don't want to make the podcast, but so I'll tell you this. So I we were talking a couple a couple nights ago, me and Megan were, and uh, they had a song called Like. Remember when David Banner had like a Pimp come out? Yeah. so they so 3-6 Mafia had a song like a pimp and let me tell you something it was a completely different song than what David Banner had going on <laughs> and for a long time like there was a line in the song that talked about uh, throwing a girl a baby wipe after you got done and I had no idea what that meant because I was 12 years old and had no idea what right. sex was <laughs> you know right. and uh, yeah so I didn't know what that meant until probably about uh, three weeks ago when me and Megan talked about it too
0: <laughs> I was like oh that's well, what there, that meant that's like I got it got that's right. Like- that's like uh, when they had the song uh, what was it Bin Laden yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's like I don't know anything about drugs you know I'm, a, I'm 11 12 years old don't know anything but here I am singing the song in the car with my grandma yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <You know? laughs>
1: Bro, I'll never forget. It's, 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 it's so weird. It's so weird being like a hip-hop head or like listening to rap music and being uh to me and being like a young white kid because I'll never forget. I guess being a kid in general, it's not even about being like a young white kid, but just being a kid because you don't know anything about that lifestyle, obviously, but like in the back right. of a of a Dodge minivan on my way home from a family reunion <laughs> and just ba- just blaring, blaring 50 Cent, you know what I'm saying? Like Get Rich or Die Try right. and having no idea about how, what it's like to get
0: shot not times in the jaw, you know, and just like, this is, hey, this is my life, you know, speaking of 50 cent, I don't know if you remember, uh, the, the candy shop music, <laughs> boy, do I, let me tell you something huh, huh, huh. that could have been on BET. on <laughs>
1: Was it not? Uh, because for me that, uh, that was definitely a driving motivation for my adolescence. Boy,
0: I think they turned a lot of boys into men at, at two o'clock in the morning, <laughs>
1: Man, you remember what, what was it? Tip Drill? That was like the big one that whenever Tip Drill came out, oh, everybody was like, yo, what? Yeah, man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what an amazing time to be. That ought bring that. Oh, they ought to have like a BT Classics channel and it just be that, right. just be uncut.
0: Yeah.
1: Man, <laughs> what a time to be alive, bro. What? They
0: don't make the music like that anymore, though. No. Uh uh. Everything. I mean, they make some good music, but like, it's nothing
1: like that. Well, everything's just all kind of cookie cutter now. You, you, even like your regions, like people from the south sound just like the ones from up north. And you see, man, like southern music just had a different vibe, man. It just, and it's kind of that same thing, same way with comedy, man. Like southern comedy has a different tone than anywhere else in the nation, you know. And I don't know if it's, right. I don't know if it's like because we come from, you know, a, a place of poverty or or anything like that, or just a place of. You know, uh, I don't want to say, I don't want to say in a in a in a way of like being held back. But look, the, the South—we're we're, last in everything. You know, we literally are the bottom. And and whether you're you're looking at health or education, you know, or uh, financial stability, any of that stuff. And so, I mean, I think when we speak, we speak from a place of knowing that if that's what's going to get us out of this, we put more into it. Mm-hmm. You know. For sure.
0: No, I I think, regardless of of what it is, whether it's comedy or like, you know, some of these rappers and stuff, I think definitely people from the South, I mean, they have to work a little bit harder, you know? Yeah, man.
1: Well, there's not there's not, there's no meccas in the South. So, like, even Houston, like back in the day, like Houston, it became a, where a lot of hip-hop legends came from, or even like New Orleans for us, you know, stuff like that. Like you look at Lil Wayne and, and even going back to like, you know, Juvenile and them, you know, just the Hot boys in general and what we grew up with. Mm-hmm. But, you know, those weren't national meccas for somebody to go down. Then now you have Atlanta. And when Atlanta became the hot spot for music, especially for hip-hop and R&B and stuff like that, was when you really saw the, the South kind of shift To have that, that naturally, because it used to be, it was obviously you had New York, you had LA, you had the East Coast, West Coast, and you had Chicago up there, you know, in the Midwest. And, and there just wasn't, there wasn't anything down here that was like, this is the spot, you know. right So, and we don't have that for comedy either. Like, that's one thing that's weird about comedy in the South is that we don't have, you know, I see a lot of my comic friends from, you know, the East Coast and the West Coast, and they do a lot of clubs. And we, I mean, we have clubs, but we don't have, you know we don't have laugh factories and improvs and things right. like that yeah, yeah. in South Mississippi, you know, we've got a bar and a, and a, and a microphone, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm literally going to show the a bar with just a microphone and one speaker, <laughs> you know, and just right. like, that was it. That was all you had. Well,
0: cause like at, the, at, the, at, the, at the clubs, you know, people are going there to, to hear the, the comic, you know, they know what they're going there for as opposed to maybe here as somebody, you know, if you go perform at a bar or something, you got people going there, maybe just to get a drink or something, and then hey, somebody's performing. Prefer- that's one of my best. You that's know? one of like, my favorite
1: feelings is knowing that I grab. So, like, one thing that I think Southern artists are able to do differently than everybody else is we can grab a room, and that's just because we have to. Like, I, said, like, I mean, it might be a guy that. So, I, I did a show in uh, Hammond, Louisiana one time, man, and it was. uh, I remember what happened but there was a reason why there wasn't hardly nobody there it was like packed out the month before and like that month there was something that had gone on like an event or something and so anyways there was only like maybe eight people in the room including the three comics that was on the show you know yeah. and by the end of the show man, i had a guy in the in, at the bar that had just stumbled in he was he was just hanging out and he had stumbled in got a drink and he spit his beer out of his mouth i had him laughing so hard he, he tried to take a drink of his sip of his beer and he spit it out of his mouth and i was like oh yeah this this is this 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 is it. I'm doing this shit, you know, and uh, that's that's an amazing, it's an amazing feeling, you know? Yeah. But I see it out here too. I mean, let's say having a Mecca because Atlanta is obviously that place to go for comedy now. And when I first came out here doing shows and stuff, it was just different. Like I had to change the tone of my voice and the way that I spoke and some of the cadences because Mm -hmm. those moments where you would need a loud, you know, kind of abrupt you know, tone to get a hold of a room. You don't need that out here. They're here to listen, you know. Right. Yeah, dude. It's 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 a different vibe whenever you're out on the grind, you know.
0: Right, right. Yeah, so I know earlier you brought up, you know, Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. Um so you you were in Mississippi for that. So no,
1: I was actually in Texas for that. I was in a little town right. called Nakona, Texas, man. First of all, it was the smallest town I've ever been in my life. All right. it had it had yeah. no the only fast food it had was a Dairy Queen. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Nothing else. And there was like maybe a one stoplight, maybe two stoplights. Uh and I was there, I had moved in with some cousins of mine. So I I watched everything unfold from a distance, but man, it, it was crazy yeah. to watch all the things that I grew up with and just be gone, you know?
0: Yeah. So, man, cause we, we lived at the time, we lived probably six miles north of the Gulf of Mexico. Okay. And honestly, I was outside playing. Okay. I would like throw, I would throw a baseball up. The wind would take it and I'd run and catch it or something. Um, on, on my street, it like knocked over a street sign. That was it. But what's crazy to me is you have like, you know, we're, we're there six miles north. No damage. Whatsoever. Right. And then you have houses in Jackson, you know, two and a half, three hours north of the coast that are destroyed. Man,
1: it's all those, it's all those straight line winds. They start rolling, man. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's scary, dude. That Them hurricanes. Yeah. And that's that's the thing, man, because you look at somewhere like Picune, where my family was. So my, my grandparents' house had no damage. Like there was nothing, you know, they, they had power whenever they got right. home. And then two streets over, you know, there's a you know, there's ruse missing and, and, and no power. Mm. And I think a lot of it for, especially the further out you get, is more tornadoes
0: and straight line winds and anything, you
1: know?
0: Right. Yeah. So luckily for us, you know, I have family in St. Louis. So, uh, I think what Katrina hit on a Monday and we ended up staying until Thursday and then drove up to St. Louis. It took us forever to get up there because I mean, you know, trying to get gas, right. like, you're waiting. For right. Right. And, uh, so we make it up to St. Louis and uh, I actually I, I enrolled in one of the high schools up okay. there. It was actually it was actually the high school that um, uh, David Freeze and Ryan Howard were. Okay,
1: to. okay, okay.
0: Yeah, it was it was a huge baseball school. They had some some great talent coming yeah. up there. So I enrolled there and on my first day I heard that my school was gonna be opening up. Uh, back home in like a month okay so i literally went to high school up there for one day and then uh you know we just kind of waited it out until my school opened back up and then we just came back
1: man so what was that one day like just one day of school how was that
0: it was well so we went to my my grandparents are big in the church so we went to church and uh they did this thing where they, you know, everybody kind of said a prayer for right, us Right. Not Well, there, there was a table next to me and that was like a bunch of girls my age. And so I got to know them. And then uh, they were actually went to that same high school. So, you know, they were kind of showing me around and uh, showing me around and stuff on that first right. day and, and whatnot. But it was, di- dude, it was different. It was, uh, you know, me coming from South Mississippi up to St. Louis, people are, you know, completely. Right, amazing. right. So, and I'm coming from diaberville which at the time the entire school might have had 400. Right, people. right. And this school was—I don't know how they classify their schools up there—but it was the biggest one. They actually had two, like they had two separate buildings, like one on each side of the street. That's how big the school was. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think there was a—I uh, think there was like 2,500 people through ninth through twelfth grade dang yeah so it was different and then especially i don't know man you know dealing with katrina and then moving to a place i really didn't know which i've been in st louis before. right right you know being around all those all those kids and stuff that i didn't know and it was weird i remember i'll tell you i remember what i was wearing i, I still remember what i wore uh that what'd, you,
1: what'd you wear what'd you, what'd you walk in
0: and boy <laughs> i was in so like this was what 2005 yep, yep. this was almost like prime time where i was deep. okay
1: okay okay so, okay
0: <laughs> so i had on some uh just some blue jeans um some nice pants i had these white nike shoes on um all white oh yeah I was nobody had it. any other color besides all white in 2005 2006 Right, I can tell you they were not air force. <laughs> much, <though. laughs> um, I was wearing this uh, this navy blue American okay, shirt, okay, okay, and I had this stupid ass like one of those <laughs> one of those necklaces, but it was like the white rock yeah yeah yeah
1: yes yes and it,
0: like and it like screw, it like screwed on the back. Oh man, and. Uh, it had like my shaggy hair going on I, the girls loved it but looking back i was like god what man it's
1: crazy it. how much fashion has changed man. that's and, and you know it's it's weird and that's why i asked about it it's like because i you know i moved i moved i went to three different high schools in four years man and so i always i'm always interested right. to see how people's experiences are even if it's just a short experience in different areas and how they feel about it you know this it is just it's weird right. everything is different Person, you know you look at what we wore back then, even how we interacted back then was, I felt like, so much different than what kids do now, you know. Which makes us sound old For as sure. shit. You're like, oh, what kids do now? These goddamn youngins, you know,
0: right? But so, um, you you, you graduated from picking, right? Up. Right, yeah, yeah, okay. So, did you go to college? I didn't
1: go to college. I didn't. I uh I went to college in order to find out that uh I had to actually enroll and that was a long process and I didn't feel like waiting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I did go to college. I went straight to the military, man. I went in fact, I signed up I signed okay. up in, for the army. Uh, I was still in high school, man. I was my my senior year, I think like April, April 4th. So, I'd have been okay. getting ready to graduate yep. and uh I was down in Mills signing signing my my contract. So,
0: oh, yeah, nice. man. So obviously, obviously your dad was in the right. military. Um, did he kind of push you in that Man, I think he was something? basically
1: being like, whatever I got to do to not deal with Ben anymore, let's do that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is that, because uh, I was always like, so I've got, I've got, uh, so I've got five brothers all together. So I've got, I've got between okay. half brothers and step brothers. I've got five brothers. And I was always like the, uh, I was always the out of sight, out of mind child. So between both parents, right. like whichever parent I was with, that was the one that didn't deal with me at all. <laughs> so like my, when I was with my mom, I mean, I talked to my dad, we, we spoke, but I mean, it wasn't like an everyday thing or anything like that. And same thing with my mom, when I was hanging with my, my dad, the same thing, like I didn't talk to her let alone every week, just about, you know, let alone every day. Right. so when it came time to <clears throat> get out the house, which I wouldn't even live with my parents, then I was living I had moved in with my grandma uh in uh in Picayune, My grandma, grandpa, my dad's parents. And I think they were just trying to figure out what to do with me. And then my dad was basically like, "If right. we can get Ben out the house, let's do that." <laughs> and so right. he he hooked me up with a recruiter, and you know everything sounded good at the time. I didn't have any goals or aspirations or anything outside of you know graduating high school. That was like the goal, and I was right. getting ready to do that. So what's next,
0: you know? Uh, right. So when you graduate, two thousand yeah, yeah, I was like, wait, yep, okay. So graduate two thousand eight, you go right into the military. Um, so I was class of two thousand eight okay. also, um, but I went to college.
1: Right, that's so you went to perk, right? And, but you went to play uh, ball, right? Okay. Yeah, I went to play okay.
0: Baseball up there. So I I was up there first semester. I moved up there in August. Um, you know, obviously you have to do good in school. Right,
1: right, right. That's kind and, of uh, part of the criteria of so, being a student athlete. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate, <laughs> but so. So um needless to say kind of long story short I was not eligible to play um you know that year so I just moved back home and went to JD for the rest okay. of the year and uh I just ended up joining the military <clears throat> after my first year so I went to, I went to college for a whole okay. year and I only got uh I think 15 hours which typically in one semester people get twelve to fifteen hours. Okay, so
1: you so you, you, you basically went to school you were in school all of a year for the first semester. Like that it took you it took you an entire exactly. year in the first
0: semester. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Um but then you know, I decided I was like, Well, I gotta do something. Right. School's not working out. Uh, what am I gonna do? So obviously I joined the military. That was two thousand nine and uh, and then so I go through training and stuff. And then, obviously, you know we're in the same right, right. And you know what's funny? What's funny is, so I saw Kelly at AIT. We were in different platoons, okay, balloons, okay. But I remember, I remember, I remember seeing him in the RSP program, and uh, right, right. And and I see him, I see him in training, and we're like going up the stairwell, and we kind of look at each other, and I'm like, man, you look familiar. And he's like, oh yeah, you know we're in Wiggins or whatever. I'm like, okay, there we go. So. So I, I knew him, but when I finally get to the unit, I don't remember when, like, you and me first met, or, or I don't remember what it was. I don't know how we became friends. So if
1: I remember right, I if I remember right, so you, so when y'all came in, uh, you know, the, the, the platoon was small. There was only, what, maybe... I think there was only, like, yeah, 12 of us. I wouldn't even have to make a, out of full yeah. like, out, of, out of a full platoon at all. Like, like two and a half squads. Yeah, like, it was like nothing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was at range control at that time. So I, they let me pretty much do whatever I wanted to. That was on top 10. You know, so, I, I mean, I came right. and went pretty much like I wanted. But uh, I knew Kelly a little bit before the military because of a mutual family friend. And so then when he got to the unit, me and him linked up. You know, pretty much immediately. But okay. I think I, I think I right. had you in like a driver's course. I was doing like a, uh, like a, a, basic driver's course, trying to get your Humvee license, and that was the first time me and you ever interacted because you were in a different squad. So I, you know, between right. me being a Range Troll and then you being a different squad, like I just we never talked, and that was probably like within the yeah. first two, three drills. But yeah, that first, the first two or three, right. we didn't, we didn't get a chance to really catch up. So
0: I. Th- I thought we became friends because we just both roasted somebody and just decided. Oh,
1: I guarantee you that was part of it. Uh, There was there's no doubt in my mind that that didn't happen, Uh, because I'm going to tell you my fondest memory uh, in the military is the day that I saw you uh, place your hands underneath Henry's armpits and gently pick him up and move him the fuck out the way (laughs) Uh,
0: while he was talking itch. You know, That that was one of my favorite days in the military. I'm su- I'm surprised I did that since you know he started middle linebacker for the school that I went to and played football also. You know, I I don't know how I was able to The do conviction
1: it. in your voice when you said who after he made the comment uh I'm gonna beat your ass and you said who? That was the most uh confidence I had ever heard in anybody <laughs> at any point in time in my life. <laughs>
0: Well, let me just tell you, I don't have that yeah. anymore. <laughs> hey, man, it's there. You got to pull it out, man. I'm, you got to pull it out. I'm like, I'm like Sergeant Bowler, man. He said, he said, I have, I have two to three more <laughs> in my lifetime. <laughs> That's all, I man. Got.
1: Sergeant Bowler was a character, man. That dude was a trip, yeah, well, yeah. T- and it's crazy how quick after, after obviously, you know, uh, y'all had, y'all got to unit. How quick me, you, and Kelly kind of linked up. Uh, you know, it was, and just, right. you know, we all kind of clicked. And I think it was just that mutual, Yeah, obviously we're all, you know, we all like to talk shit and we all like to just roast people. But I, I think it was that obviously right. that, you know, we, we all played sports. So you have, you have that. And, and, and I think just, I don't know, man, it was just kind of like, I hate to say like a love at first sight. We're best friends, you know, from the jump, but it was just, right. it just clicked, you know? And, uh, yep. especially different, I don't talk to anybody from the union anymore. I haven't talked to anyone other than you and Kelly probably in more than Facebook in the last eight years, you know?
0: Yeah, I don't talk to anybody. Well, dude, I remember so like last year when we went to uh me and Jenna went to Kim's Thursday yeah, yeah, yeah. and obviously no, it was it was Kim and then uh 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 Austin and then uh right, was right. there and it's like I mean, I haven't talked to y'all in years. <laughs> yeah.
1: Didn't, probably, probably didn't talk that much then, you know?
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah, man. All right. So yeah. fast forward 2012. Yeah. We right. Right. Right.
1: Thing. Hot. On, we come in hot but, uh, on the bird. Yep. Yep.
0: So we obviously, you know, there were rumors going around that we were probably going, but then obviously we, we get orders. So we know we're going like, what were you thinking? Uh, what was kind of going through your head? Um, that so,
1: one, you know, I at know the, the, the cool. time, I, I didn't even know that I was going to get to go or not because they had initiated a transfer on me to Camp Shelby way before we ever got to where we were going to move, And it kept, <clears throat> excuse mm. me, they kept getting kicked back. And so, I, you know, there was so much limbo in there of like, am I going to get to go? Am I not going to go? I, I was nervous, uh, just because I had a family, you know, at that time. Yeah, I was like, I got, I got a wife, I got kids, right. and and uh, my young, or my my youngest at the time, my middle now, she was not even walking hardly the the month that we were leaving, you know. Uh, but right. dude, I, that's why I, I got in to go overseas. Like my my two goals in getting the military was, I want to make NCO and I want to deploy to a war zone like that because I, you know, we got in time of war, you know. So I was like, that's the two things I want to do, right? And I did those things, you know, and so. Uh, but when when initially like the word came down, these are our orders, we had been hearing it shit right what what maybe six months, six, eight months before then? Right, yep. So it really wasn't a shock. It was just kind of like, okay, cool, it's finally here, you know. Uh yep. but boy, did people start getting out left and right,
0: huh? <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, you know what was funny is and and this I still I still have this same mindset to this day, but I learned this when I was in the military, is don't believe any rumors that you hear right right so i remember i remember they were telling us oh you have to have so many you know privates in your way to deploy so they're going to be people and i'm like well well fuck i can't pass a pt test i'm getting i'm gonna be the first (laughs) one you know so and then of course none of that shit right right right
1: right yeah, man, dude, there were so many people saying different things. Like, you know, well, we're not we're not gonna be able to go because we haven't we haven't uh, done this and haven't done that, dude. When the army ready for your ass to go, you are going. It don't matter what they want; they could right. care less whether your ass is exactly. walking or not. You get on that bird and you going you going to the hot box. <laughs> that's all. That's all they know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, that was a that's a weird time. and it's so weird to think back on because you know it seems like it was yesterday. But I mean, we're we're closing it on a decade, man. I mean, two more years.
0: I I I li- I literally I thought about that a couple weeks ago. I was like, it was so long ago, but it doesn't feel like it. And I, I literally I was like, dude, this was we left eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, it's yeah, it's man. crazy.
1: We we were just kids and look at us now, man. Uh fighting fighting an apocalypse. Right. Didn't even know it. Didn't even know we went to war, didn't even know we was gonna not do much of the fight until we got home uh nine years later.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: man. Man, so Obviously, we're yeah. in the same platoon. Me, you, and Kelly, all in the same platoon. And then we get over there. And then what do you know? I got to go with somebody else to do this. Uh,
1: yeah, man, out. you and end up on night. the embedded team. It was Which, a shitty.
0: So it was cool because it was it was pretty much a cakewalk what we were doing every day. But I was trying to do hood rat things with right, my right. friends. You know, and. uh not being able to see you and Kelly pretty much the entire deployment. So man, it's
1: kind of so, man, it, it's kinda weird. Uh, but from the jump, it it was, for me, it was kind of cool because we, we all ended up on missions together, uh, separately, but together. Cause I know there at the end, you ended up at Zia Hawk with Kelly. Right. And then me and you went to Gambury, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so it was, we almost didn't make it back from Gambury. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man, you know, me, me and Kelly were together the first uh, three months, three and a half months, and after that, I ended up moving into the top, you know, and and, uh, right. I didn't come back to the platoon until April, end of end of March, first part of April, and that's when we ended up in Gambier. Me and you went yeah. to Gambury together, right there, close towards the end of April, right, something like that.
0: Yeah, so what's it's funny you say we almost didn't make it back from Gamberry. It's it's not because of the the freaking rocket that exploded <laughs> and the shrapnel coming <laughs> in our camp. It's because we almost got, we almost got, uh, got a that asbestos.
1: From Yo, Tony man, I will never forget it.
0: Dude, I, I swear to you, literally, Ben, I will never <laughs> forget that. He was dude. He was awesome guy. Awesome guy. Super funny, but the stuff coming off of his
1: feet. I'll never forget sitting there. We were playing, I think we were playing, playing spades or something, playing cards. And he, his foot grazed the cot. And it was just like a cheese grater. There was just like, <laughs> there was just like dust falling from, it was like a pile of, I was like, what is going on right now? Right. Dude. Oh my God. Nastiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Toe J. Simpson was out there getting it. Uh. <laughs> Old
0: Toby
1: Bryant. Old Tobocop. <laughs>
0: it's like, it's, it's like if you if you just uh pour over an ashtray.
1: In fact, was I was uh my kids have uh some uh uh what's it called? Damn moon sand that's what it feels like. It it it, <laughs> it looks like moon sand. It looked like when you put under water, you could probably mold it, and then whenever you uh <laughs> you take it back, it's uh yeah, man. It was just God. It was just the nastiest thing. And dude, he acted like yeah. it was so normal. Like I was like, how do you? How are you? Yeah. Like how are you just walking around with hey. no socks and shoes on, sir? <laughs> like, he, right. He- Dude,
0: he didn't. Even, he
1: didn't even need boots to go outside. Dude, I thought I thought it was mud coming off his boots. I realized it was his foot. I was like, "Oh, you have nothing on your foot. That's just your skin falling off like that." I thought that was dirt from outside from this damn desert that we in. Right. You know, like, cool, gotcha.
0: Right.
1: Yo, man. Yeah, that was the um, the shrapnel. The, the shrapnel through the tent about got us too. But yeah, definitely Toby Bryant. Yeah, definitely yeah, Toby yeah. Bryant.
0: Yeah. Thinking, thinking back on it, yeah, yeah, like, oh yeah.
1: God, I boy, I don't know who it was that got up and got that what? damn tent, but I, the damn sheet hadn't even hit the ground yet before they asked out that tent, man.
0: Well, I think it was uh because I know like Gerald and yep, yep, yep. with us, so it might have been probably
1: old, probably been, old like, Geraldo. You know, he's a little fast mover. Old Geraldo's a little fast mover,
0: right? But dude, I tell you what, man, like going overseas, you know, obviously yeah. I went two times. It was, it was. I mean there were sketchy times, uh, when we were over there, but, uh, dude, I'm, I'm glad we did it. You know, I'm glad I joined the military. I'm glad I got out when I did. Um, and it's, it's, I don't know about you, but it's opened up a lot of doors for me, you know?
1: And oh just, man. Same time. way. I mean, it's, it's given me opportunity after opportunity, you know, uh, mm-hmm. whether it be, whether it be work right. or, or, you know, comedy or whatever, you know, cause that, that, mm-hmm. that, Right. That military bond is different. I mean, it doesn't matter what branch. I mean, I've met guys from all kinds of branches, and it's just like when you're when you got right. that military mindset, it's just different. Especially the ones that you know have been places and, and you know, you've got you know, you've got similar stories or similar experiences and you just connect. You just connect differently than everybody else, you know. Uh right. right. And I'm thankful, man. I'm I'm very thankful for it. I think it was I wouldn't want to do it today. I mean, obviously my life is different. I've got different Aspirations, different goals. I've got, you know, more kids. I, you know, I'm, I'm further into my marriage. But at the time, and it, it was just, you know, it, it was one of the best experiences of my life. Absolutely. Um,
0: speaking of comedy, so we get back. Yep. Yep. In Afghanistan, you You, deci- you decide. Yeah, to man. Yes. Yeah. So
1: I. Had, so I had looked at it before we left, but I did never take the time to do okay. it. You know, obviously, still working, getting ready for for deployment. I just never. Never got around to it. But I had already, like, looked it up, looked at where the open mics were, like, what I needed to have, different things like
0: that, you know, so. So what made you decide to do comedy? I mean, were you... Did you grow up funny were you always man funny so I, I so I've
1: always used the old cliche of like using comedy as a defense mechanism look i I moved around a lot man i i, I don't okay. I, I come from a i come from a good family I come from bad circumstances you know look i I'm, I'm a kid of divorce and, mm-hmm. and and my parents didn't have the my parents were not the uh the millennial generation like just split up and go about your business like i'll knock down drag out fights like you know hate each other this and that and so i grew up with that and, and so my my way of dealing with it was to always try to be funny or try to be the center of attention and, and take that away you know and, mm-hmm. and so right and then you as i get older i was moving around a lot and bouncing schools and and so even even in meridian man when i lived in meridian i went to like four different schools in meridian just in that small town, just between right. going different counties, going out to the county and then going to the city and stuff like that. And so uh, to me, if you can make people laugh, you can make anybody your friend, you know, and that was just always my way of, of sure. making yeah. friends. And so uh, I guess it, it lasted obviously into adulthood. And and, and that's how obviously was me and you came together and, right. and Kelly came together, you know, and, and yeah, uh, so I, I definitely, I definitely think that I I won't say I was always funny, but I, I always loved to try to be funny if that makes sense. You
0: know? okay. No, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh you remember Yeah, absolutely.
1: Show. Absolutely, man. First absolutely. So very first open mic, oh man. How, it was it, so go? it wasn't bad actually. Like I didn't bomb. I did I didn't bomb, but I didn't like do great. I walk into this uh I walk into this to this room. I have no idea what to expect, and there's maybe ten people in the room most of which are comics. You know, I had a few people with me. Uh, I I think I was maybe like the fourth or the fifth person that night. And I walk up and I grab the mic and the cord falls out of the microphone. And I didn't realize it. I, I didn't realize this cord had fallen. So I'm talking and the audience is talking back to me. I haven't heard shit they have said. They're, trying to, they're pointing at the floor. I'm not paying no attention to that. I'm just telling my joke. And right. finally, I realized, somebody says it loud enough, like, hey, the the, uh, the cord's on the mic. So I pick it up. I'm trying to put it back in. Mind you, I have never, until this moment in my life, I have never touched a microphone. All right. So I had no idea how to plug anything right. in. I had no idea to I'd nothing. So I'm trying to get this, I'm trying to get this, uh, this cord back in this mic and it will not go in. So, the host comes up, he helps put it back in. And the very first joke that anybody ever heard me tell on stage was, uh, I always have trouble getting it in. And that was the, that was the, the very first <laughs> joke I ever told. And, and from then, I think I got a bunch of sympathy laughs that night. Cause everybody was like, wow, what a shitty way to start your comedy career. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, man. But then show. I did, I did open mics for a year after that. I never, I didn't do any shows for the whole first year. I just did strictly open. mics. I didn't get put on any shows, you know? And, uh, right. So the way, the way that, uh, Hope City Comedy does is we have, we have a, a yearly show. We have an annual show. That's the Hub City Comedy anniversary show. And it's like the big, that's like the big to do uh, You know, if you're, if you're a Hub City Comedy, if you're a Hub City Comedy comic, you, you want to be on that show. And the way you get on it is is you, right. you come to open mics, you work on material, you be funny, you, know, you, you share stuff from the group, you try to be involved. And so I did all that stuff my first year, and uh, finally it just kind of all clicked for me, and I got put on it. That was in June of 2015, and from there I was like, bet, it's on to the next, you know, and just started booking as best right. as I could,
0: you know. So, um, well, then you finally – in, in my opinion, you freaking made it because uh, you know yeah. you get on Comedy Central. Yeah. Kevin Hart's Heart of the City, yeah. Jackson, Mississippi episode. How, so how did that come about?
1: So so I Heart think? of the City is 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 a is a dope concept. So it's it they do eight cities each season. Uh, I think they're going, they're, they've just done season three this past year, and I, I'm assuming they'll have a season four. But they do eight cities, and they showcase, you know, talent. But before that, you know, obviously, like, it's like anything else. There's an audition period. You have to go in, you have to audition. And so what happened right. was is there was a, a promoter in Jackson who put out on uh, on Facebook and was like, hey, you know, this is, this is your opportunity or this is your chance to audition for Kevin Hart. And so all you had to do was just like, hey, I want to go. You know, I want to I want to be on the show. And we had, I think, it was like 40 comics, 40 Mississippi comics auditioned over two nights. And, uh, man, it was it was probably one of my better performing like that audition night. I literally left it all out there, man, on the whole way up the whole drive up there. Yeah. Uh, Meg's in the car with me. I'm going over my set because you had it was such a strict time limit you only had a five to seven minute set and if you were anything under five and if you were anything over seven you were automatically disqualified so I, i'm a storyteller that's my that's my kind i'll do one-liners i'm not I, I my comedy builds so so i've got things i've got setups and punches but it it all comes back around at the end the with the biggest punch being the end of the story and so for me it was figuring out a way to cut that down and get to that seven minute mark and I did it, man. I, I was at, like – I think by the time I got off stage, they told me I was at, like, 655. I was right there at it, you know. And, uh, yeah, man, I just left it all out there, dude. I didn't want – I didn't want any question For me, it was kind of one of those things, like – obviously, I'm a huge Kevin Hart fan, and, and, and for me – Kevin Hart isn't the one that made me want to do comedy, but he was—he's the biggest one in the world at the time, and I mean, I guess still is, obviously, you know. But right, and for me, Kevin was the one that was like, "Yeah, I could see myself doing that style of comedy," uh, and right. uh, I just, you know, I got up there and and I just didn't want to—I didn't want to leave any doubt in my mind to think, "Oh well, I I could have done something or should have done something," I did it, and so about. That was in May and I, June, I'll never forget it, June twenty-fourth, I got the call that I was selected I was one of the ones selected for the show. Uh and then we filmed we filmed July. We and so my, my anniversary, it's kind of a full circle thing, man, because my anniversary, my comedy anniversary is July 14th. So That was my very first open mic was July 14th. Mm-hmm. We actually filmed on July 13th. We we wrapped we wrapped up by the time we wrapped oh, up wow. filming it was it was July fourteenth <laughs> so uh, so right. yeah man it was uh, it was a it was a cool experience you know uh, it was one of those things it's a foot in the door type thing uh, it it gave me an opportunity to get on the road right. a lot more man it opened me up to be able to move to some cities that I didn't think I'd be able to get into man and do this I I had people that after it happened. You know, after we had the show, after after the show aired, that I had been trying to get in touch with for months and say, "Hey, I want to come to your city," and then they were like, "Hey, you can come in and do some time," you know, uh, and, and it was just, it right, was just a whole different experience. But the the cool thing about it is, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not a Jackson comic. You know, Mississippi comedy is kind of weird, man. So it's split. So you have like the right. Gulf Coast, you have Hageburg, and then you have Jackson, uh, and I'm not a Jackson comic. But man, when I tell you Jackson. Comedy has taken me in the same as anybody else, you know, and so to have that experience with right. the ones like you know uh, merc and Rita and, and even Marvin uh Marvin Hunter, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's something we're always going to have together. They yeah. can't take that away from us, you know. We still we still talk every now and then. I, I'm a little bit closer to some than others, but you know, I've definitely I've, I've picked all their brains and I've gotten a chance to you know uh to build those relationships and then moving forward, I you know hope to continue to build on them, but it was definitely a life changer for me, man.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, so who would you say like some of your comedic influences are or, like, who do you look up to?
1: Oh, uh, you know? so man, so I, I was like the, you, you can go down the goat list. You can go down the Dave Chappelle's the, the, the Chris rocks, the Jerry Seinfeld's the Dave. I'm mean, just, well, I'm not, just, I'm not saying, list, list, the, but I'm right, saying, right, the, right, I'm right, saying right. the list of people, you know, <laughs> you go you down the list of people who are in the goat conversation. Those are always really easy. But yeah. man, for me, uh, you know, in today's comedy, I look at guys like Hannibal Burris or like Tom Segura or, uh, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, um, any, any of those guys I I like, I like a Nate Bargatsky or a, uh, uh, you know, I can't think of damn. I'm blanking on, on, uh, Oh, on Sean Patton. Sean Patton's a guy on a Mark Norman, guys like that. They're they're moving around constantly, you know, and, and and they're kind of on that cusp, but they, I mean, Hannibal was next level now between, Movies and, and TV and stand up and stuff like that, but
0: I haven't seen much of his stand up. But I have to do like his movies and TV. Hannibal is my my I favorite comic right
1: now, like my hands down. So let me tell you. So I had a okay. I had a terrible. You know you know I don't meet your idols. I had a terrible Hannibal experience. First time I met Hannibal, uh, I I fudged it all up, man. I just like it was, it was like the most embarrassing <laughs> moment of my life. Just about. So I, uh, Hannibal comes to Hattiesburg. He, pl- he he does the singer in Hattiesburg, and I got tickets. Uh, somebody gave me some tickets to go see him because they knew I loved Hannibal, you know. And so uh, after the show, I'm talking to this. I'm talking to my. I'm talking to my buddy Jamie Arrington. Actually, Jamie was the one that gave me the tickets because Jamie had the kind of the connection with singer. And so I'm talking to Jamie, and my back is facing the backstage. So, like when you're when you're at the singer, the the far right side of the building is where the backstage area is, and there's a huge red curtain there, you know. And so my back is facing that, and I'm at Hannibal's merch table with Jamie. And all of a sudden, uh, I heard Jamie say something like, that was that was the worst I've ever been to or something like that, the worst I've ever seen. And uh, I was confused. As so I turned around, was Hannibal walking up? And when I tell you, like, in, instantly, uh, I was starstruck. I don't think... I was kind of... I was starstruck by Kevin, but I knew Kevin was coming into the room. Like, I knew I knew that was... I wasn't expecting... Because I, like, in my mind, Hannibal wasn't going to walk out until everybody was gone. You know? So, I'm standing Mm -hmm. there looking goofy as shit. You know, Hannibal has no idea who I am. And I'm just standing there at the end of his merch table, and he... I think he thought I was buying something, and then he realized I wasn't buying something, so then he looked at me kind of funny, like, why the hell are you standing here? And, And... I went to shake his hand, Jamie introduced me, or Jamie's wife walks in between me and Hannibal at the same moment we're going in for a handshake. So I go my hand one way, his goes the other way. So then we go back and forth between, behind Jamie's wife, trying to get a handshake. <laughs> Finally, she moves, we like fist bump, it's not like a complete fist bump, like I saw only a couple of knuckles touch. <laughs> and he was like oh that's cool man thanks and, <laughs> and that was it like that I didn't ask for a picture I didn't get like any there's nothing to say I ever met Hannibal except for the embarrassing moment in my head that I relive at 3am every morning yeah. you know yeah. uh, it's terrible terrible but I definitely so, uh, Jamie's wife <laughs> I'm telling you man it was just like a. it was such a such a comical moment that you know, and that's how you know like for me with especially with with like somebody like Hannibal, man, that's, I, I've now tried to not emulate that style, but just go to the point to where, you know, I'm able to, you know, I'm able to kind of write differently than what I was before. So you, you're able to grab those because look, Hannibal's mm-hmm. Hannibal stand up to me is, is next level, man. Like if you get a chance, uh, animal Furnace is like, to me, it's as funny as one, you know? Now you you got okay. the other ones are, are hilarious too but I'm telling you man that that first one I I can watch it every single day. Oh, man. And right. then you got yes yeah, obviously he's got his he's got his uh he got his movies and stuff like that but his stand up is next level. I'll definitely have to check it it's out. It's good man. It's good shit. It's good shit. I uh I suggest I suggest uh Nate Bargatze's new special too. His his is really funny. So stand up stand up's just one of those things man I can turn stand up on and just watch it. I don't have to you know, I don't have to right. be, I don't. Yeah. I like yeah guys, so who's your, who's your, oh who's your go-to? If, you, if you're just up. watching, if you're looking up old clips, who's your go-to? My,
0: my go-to is, uh, I just like how he, I like his delivery. Um, I mean, obviously his jokes, just how he kind of carries himself <laughs> on stage. I love. Oh man. Bernie Mac. Burning yes, Mac. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely you know what's so crazy with bernie is like literally he's like the king of kings that's how that like he was like the best of the kings of comedy you know and and they all acknowledge that if you ever get a chance there's like a i don't know if it's a documentary or what it is but there's like a short little uh movie about about like the behind the scenes and what happened and why they didn't do a another one but the the main reason was like bernie was just so much better than everybody else like it was just a different energy you know and him and steve harvey
0: like hated each other apparently and it's like class. Well, and it's crazy. It's crazy to say that he is so much better when you look at the other guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man.
1: And he would just destroy. He would just, I mean, literally he would destroy on stage. And, you know, it's crazy to me that whenever you look at, uh, you know, whenever you look at him, how much he accomplished in such a short period of time, because, I mean, he was around for a long time, but he died so young, you know, if he's if he's still here, right. man, I can only imagine if he was still here, what kind of comedy we would have, you know.
0: What um and just kind of real quick yeah. before we do wrap everything up, so if what advice would you give to somebody that's wanting to do stand-up comedy or just wanting to kind of go after their just dreams? do
1: it. Don't don't overthink it, don't yeah. get in your head about it, just do it. You know, life is short, man. You only get... And it's it's like a cliche thing to say, like, you only live once type deal. Like, I'm not saying that, you know. But the only thing holding you back is your own opinion of yourself. Because nobody else is going to matter. I mean, look, you can... Right. You can sit there all day long and think I'm going to be embarrassed, or this is going to happen, that's going to happen. But that's still just you. You know, you got your own way and you just dive into it. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I look on it now and look at what I've been able to do and think if I had just... You know, if I had just stayed in my head for one second longer and not gone up those steps for my first open mic, I would, you know, wouldn't be where I am today. And uh, and then two, right. don't don't just don't go into it thinking you're gonna be the next big thing. Go into it and just have fun. And do it for you. Don't do it for other people. Don't do it for fame or fortune or
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know those things. Do it for you. Do it because you want to do it because it's your dream. You know, uh, a lot of people go into it. And think, wow. I I can't tell you. I had a guy one time at a show. I did a show in Biloxi one time and, uh, this kid comes in and he, they let him in, they let him in the show. I think he got in for free because we had already started and the club owner like brings him over and is like, Hey, you know, I want to introduce you to this, to this kid. I know him. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. So we're talking. And he's like, so how do I, how do I get on stage? And I was thinking he meant like, like, how do I do comedy? But that motherfucker was asking how to get on stage that night. He was like, how do I get up there with y'all tonight? And I was like, well, this is a paid show. And he was like, yeah, I know. I'm saying, how do I get on there and get paid? I was like, you're not getting paid tonight. (laughs) Like, you might get paid some other time. And he was like, no. He's like, I'm really funny. Everybody tells me I'm Kevin Hart 2.0. I was like, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that in my life. You know, I'm such and such. I'm such and such. Like, no, nobody cares. Like, it's just... so don't go into it with that mindset go into it and be humble and and, and pay your dues man that's one thing that that sucks out here living your dream is that you still gotta pay your dues even though it's a dream you know you gotta gotta put in the work man Mm -mm. you know but uh but yeah man just do it Yeah. he was like like, yeah I know I know y'all are getting paid I'm saying how do I do that with y'all tonight I was like what (laughs) What do you, and then he, and then he like, and then he added me on uh, social media and sent me a message a couple of days later. Like, how do I make, how do you become my mentor? I was like, fam, I'm trying to mentor my damn self. I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, you, you want right. me to take, me, I don't even have a wing to, to carry my damn self. You want me to take you under, under my wing? What are you talking about? I just want you to, I just want right. you to mentor me and make yeah, me I'm, do what you do. I was like, what? I'm telling you what I did. I don't do shit. <laughs> I don't do shit. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. Right. I'm yeah. Yeah. Person. Look, I'm, <laughs> I, look, I got too many kids. I got to mentor at my own damn house. Try to mentor you on some comedy. All right. Yeah, man. That, was a, right. that I'm telling you it's, <laughs> But that happens. I have people every so often, man, people will send me messages. It's not even just about comedy. That's like, how, how do I do this? It's like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how to get into the music business. I don't know how to uh contact any managers. I don't have a manager for you to make your manager like my manager is my manager like I'm not right. It's like man <laughs> i people are goofy, man. I'm telling you I do i get I get inboxes and text messages and everything all day long sometimes, and I just like, man, so you are so cool to see you living your dream. I want to live my dream. Yeah, man, you should do that all right, but how about you help me live my dream? I can't help you live your dream. I can't help you live your journey. Right. You can do that. Go yeah. get it.
0: All right, man. So yeah. before I let you go, one last thing: uh, your podcast. First yes. Of all, so I. So we've had too.
1: a few technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously, uh, COVID nineteen has changed okay. a lot because uh, I've had to. I've had to kind of take some. Uh, yeah. I've had to take some time away from it and and really focus on work. But it is it is gonna. I'm, I'm hoping that by the first part of summer we'll be out and it's going to be, it's going to start with a 10 part episode. Okay. It's going to be a 10 episode uh, podcast. To start out with everybody asking what it's going to be about. So my goal with this is to be as informative and comical as possible. I want to, I want to put a different spin on okay. topics that we talk, that we deal with every day from, you know, uh, paying college athletes to, uh, uh, you know, to what is gun control to things like that. I'm not a big political person, but I think that some of those topics, you mm-hmm. know, we, we hear the we hear the topic, but we never get to the discussion side of it. And so, and just seeing what the you know, just seeing what right, the outcome sure. could be, you know. And and so, I'm excited for that, man. There's a bunch of different. Yeah. I've got a I've got a bunch of different uh, uh, projects coming up. I've got one. I'm I'm telling you, dude. I can't say a lot about it, but I it uh, is is it, I'll be back on your TV screens very soon. Is all I can say. And I'm I'm very excited about it. Right.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, Absolutely, that.
1: man. That's, look, I'm ready for them checks to roll in again. That's what I need. I need some TV. I need some TV checks because right. these look these regular <laughs> checks ain't nothing near them TV right. checks. That's what I need. I need some residuals, motherfuckers. Some
0: residuals. Right. Pay me. <laughs> Pay me today while I'm in bed doing nothing. Pay me. <laughs> well, uh, well, yeah, man. So, so you know, I know I'm excited. I'm sure the people are going to be excited about the about the podcast and and the other projects that you're working on. Um, so if people want to get in contact with you or they want to connect with you, yeah, man, so I'm media. on I'm on all
1: social media platforms uh, at Real Ben Compton. Uh, you can find me real easy. You can just type in Ben Compton. You can find me on oh, Facebook, oh. just Ben Compton. You know, uh, I'm very accessible. Come holler at me, uh, especially if you want to do some comedy. You want to do some work? Hey, listen, I'm I'm all about some work. So. Uh, But also just follow the journey, man. I'm I'm excited for what this next year holds, especially when all this stuff gets cleared out. Uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to share the journey. So y'all, you know, make sure y'all come out and check it out.
0: All right, man. Um, Well, again, you know, I appreciate your time. Uh, Thanks for carving out some time for us. I think this one uh, probably rolled a little longer than we were. That's what uh, happened
1: when family talks, man. When uh, family talks, you don't you, don't, like, you don't like, tell them when family right, talks, right, man. Just talk, man.
0: <laughs> man, it's yeah. No, it, it's all it's always great catching up, man. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad y'all are doing good over there, and
1: absolutely, man. To same to you, man. Especially it. down there. I mean, I know. Look, Mississippi yeah. is a is a hot spot right now. So make sure you, make sure you got your you got your toilet paper online, right. line. Make sure you got your groceries. Don't you know? Don't get caught slipping. <laughs> right. Yeah. But no, man, thanks so much for having me, man. I really appreciate all it. I'm, right, glad, I'm glad i glad I can be a part of it and look forward to look forward to hearing the episode, man.
0: I would like to thank our special guest, Ben Compton, for being on the show today. Make sure y'all follow him on social media at Real Ben Compton and be on the lookout for his podcast, first of all, that's dropping early this summer. Check us out on Instagram at Verified Thoughts Podcast. Give us a follow and leave us some feedback. As always, you can listen to our show on Anchor and Spotify. And until next week, y'all be safe out there. See ya.